This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to this special interview edition of Horror Movie News The Blood Moon Has Risen. Yes, and all of Dracula's fiends have come out to play, Mwahaha. including a executive producer has also come out to play with us today. Stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Oh, yes. <laughs> I <is> love awesome. it. <laughs> uh, welcome to Horror Movie News. Woo! Ooh, ooh, what ooh, episode ooh. are we on now? 50. Like, 50. Episode 50, Woo! yes. How could you forget? Uh, well, I know. I just, it was a setup of a oh. assist. It's like volleyball. <laughs> and it's all right. Now it's all good. Welcome to the special edition. Uh, we, Like we said, we have a special guest, which... Thank you so much for being yeah. here. We have Adi Shankar. Yay! Uh, you might. <laughs> Fact, he's here. And we'll I, get I, am here. I am here. This is not a hologram. Uh, the company that made uh, the, the Tupac hologram, they were not involved in, in me being here. Right okay. Now. Nice. Okay. I was going to say, otherwise, that's a really good job. I was about to say, yes. I was like, damn. We invested in the yes. hologram machine. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get into all the amazing work that he's um, been a part of, and we'll go down the line first. My name is Carrie Lane. We're switching up a little bit, so I'm in this seat, which yes, is crazy. And I am on this seat. I am Anthony Becerra. Hello, and welcome to the show. And uh, all of and in this scene, <laughs> Ollie Drennan Her over usual. here. But in this scene, Ooh. who do we have here? I mean, we already know. We were. <laughs> <laughs> He's Our like, what are you guys talking about? Well, also we have another. Uh, well, I've also gotten three introductions now, so that's woo. it's been cool. Because we're just you know that, I mean? you know, exciting. Let's go for four. No. <laughs> uh, well, we have one more in our booth. We have Frank and Steve. <laughs> He says yeah. hi, everybody. That's hi. <laughs> yes. To translate. We need subtitles. Yes. <laughs> He's delighted to be here. Uh, well, real quick, before we get into it, we'll do our crypt keeping. So make sure to subscribe on the Popcorn Talk Network on YouTube. Click that like button, that subscribe. thumbs up, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find out more on popcorntalknetwork.com. Yes. Follow us on Twitter at Horror News PTN, which is the same on Instagram, because we have an Instagram now, too, yep. which is exciting. And then also on Apple Movie, uh, or sorry, Apple Movie, Apple Podcast. <laughs> And make sure to live a five star rating and you know, tell us what you thought about the show. Yes. So let's get Excellent. into it. Da, da, da. So, Adi. Yes. Producer. We talked about this a little bit before. It's kind of a it's a name of a title that people know, but uh do you want to tell us a little bit about what it means to you to be a producer? I really think all job titles should be thrown out the window and kind of re, re, uh, redefined, renamed, and reestablished, right? Because we've, we've handed down these, these job titles for hundreds of years. And the reality is like you, you take any, any one of these jobs, they have changed so drastically and so rapidly throughout the years. Yes. And then the advent of, of digital technology, now streaming technology, has again redefined what it means to, to do any of, these, any of these jobs. And then also they, they are completely different uh, depending on genre. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think job titles should be completely changed. And we're holding on to these like antiquated names, which really mean nothing because mm-hmm. producer means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It's, 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 it's a non-word. Would you say what your duties are change project to project then, even though it is still maybe the title of producer? Not not just duties. I mean, I mean, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, I mean, I think, but but even um, even the word director, right? The role of sure. uh, like like um, a director, which I think one would think would be a more of a stable uh, like a stable job over over the course of the last like uh, 20, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. That's changed so drastically. It used to be more of like a craftsman type job right it was it was more like physical labor it, was, it felt more uh, more blue collar and now uh so much of the job has changed because of just simple ad, uh, advancements in technology for instance uh if you take a big budget blockbuster right like a like an aquaman or a, a Mar- or any, a, marvel. any marvel movie yeah. right um there is a previs company now so for those of you that don't understand what previs is it's um 
think think like storyboards that are done in in rudimentary uh, CGI mm-hmm. that basically shot for shot, camera move by camera move, map out exactly how a sequence will play out. So if you take an action scene, um, the 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 previs companies going out there and rendering this beautiful action scene that then a director has. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline then goes in and recreates mm. right yeah that is a fundamental paradigm shift in in and what directing used to be mm-hmm. right um also okay see now i'm getting on this like whole rant about how how uh all the facets of the business have changed no but, it's really but yeah no but i mean I, I i just go back to my uh <laughs> to my original statement which is uh none of these job titles mean anything period mm-hmm and they're completely uh, outdated and should be replaced. What would you call your title? <sighs> he doesn't want a title. Yeah. <laughs> None. I'll take that. Yeah, that works too. Nice. It's all a collaborative effort, I feel like. Uh, well. And sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's just not collaborative, right? Like you, mm-hmm. take, uh, you take my film that's in theaters right now, Bodied. Mm-hmm. It's not really. I mean, we, we, you know, they, we've been doing this uh, press tour and the um, Neon and uh, Neon uh, and YouTube, which are both of our distributors, they've been nice enough to uh, send us on uh, uh, to the theaters that it's playing in afterwards to do these Q and A sessions. Right? We keep talking about how you know how great of a collaboration it was, but the reality is that movie was not a collaboration. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It, it was Joseph Kahn. He's the he's the director, right? Uh, he financed the movie himself. Uh, this idea was something that he that that, that he had for quite a while, mm-hmm. and he directed the film. So it's it's his vision, and we were there to support. Do you prefer like one or the other? What would you if you had a preference, or do you just don't really mind either or? In terms of. Just kind of, do you, would you prefer like something that's less cl- crap, collaborative or more collaborative? Um, it, it just depends on the on the collaborator tours. Okay. Right. Depends on the collaborators, right? Um, and again, I think it's it's different when you're talking about a singular movie experience versus a versus a more of a series, right? Where um, you're mapping something out. Like, okay, I'll, I'll give you another example. Let's look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Mm-hmm. Who's really the author of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Because right, you have all these directors that have come in and, right. and done fabulous jobs, right? Uh, the Russo brothers killed it with uh, with Winter Soldier, Civil War, and Infinity oh, yeah. War, right? Infinity War is one of the best movies I've ever seen, period. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Favreau kind of like laid the blueprint with uh, the, that first Iron Man movie. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Without Amazing. Joss Whedon's uh, Avengers movie, then like they don't really come together and click with that 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 comedic tone. Yeah. Right. And obviously you have like a few misses like, uh, like, like dark world, which aren't really misses. They're more kind of there to set up a, a larger universe. And then obviously you can't discount gardens of the galaxy. I mean, without, without, uh, James Gunn coming in there and establishing the cosmic universe, it, it wouldn't have clicked and come together in, in the way that it did for infinity war. Right. Mm-hmm. So who's really the author of that? And that's really what you guys are asking me. You know, um, who is the author of these things? Right. So yeah, and that's that's a little nebulous. That's a little nebulous. I mean, you can argue that one could argue that the true author of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Kevin Feige. I was about to say right? Feige would be. Um, right. You could chalk it up to him, but there are so many different minutiae within um, their works that it, you you just can't really chalk it. I mean, he's like the story, like 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 the, he's like the, he's drawing the map for them all. But it, it, you bringing all these collaborators, as in like the directors, the producers, and everything, to make his overall vision come true. So uh, I do sort of understand where you're going with this. Right. So I really don't have a point. I'm just kind of asking a series of questions. Which I think are interesting. Which I lead then to another question of uh, if you go to your IMDb page and look at it. um, So you're known, which I always found it interesting, like what an actor, producer, director, what they are known for. Castlevania is first uh, listed via here, which 
is finally on Netflix. So yay, season two, and congratulations oh, yeah. for season three, yes. which is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Very excited um, about season three. Nice. Then oh, <laughs> Dread and The Grey and Lone, Lone Survivor. Survivor. So looking at those, then, I I'm personally am just curious, too, what was your actual involvement with Castlevania? What, like, did you help get it going? Did it, like, what did you do? How did you get your fingers in that pie? Which is a weird metaphor, too. It's a very, very, very weird metaphor. It's a weird one. It's a very, very, very weird metaphor. Um, You know, Castlevania was was interesting because, I mean, I I would argue those are not the four things that I'm most known for, right? I think maybe that's some weird internet algorithm that's, like, putting... Totally could agree with that one, yeah. Right? Because I don't think anyone on this planet associates me with Lone Survivor. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, period. I don't associate me with Lone Survivor. That, that's kind of weird that it's even yeah. on there, right? I would probably put, like, that Power Ranger short film ahead of it. I'd probably put... Uh, Dirty Laundry. The, the Punisher short film. <laughs> I, I, I think there's a series of short films that would go ahead they a lot of those. They might not categorize short films the same way with features, though, with the algorithms and such, so... They, they do appear on his IMDb Yeah, I mean, they're well, there, though, but, 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 like... Yeah. But anyway, well, That's still a problem with the algorithm, right? I'm, I'm yeah. sure, yeah. Problem with the algorithm. Uh, yeah, and uh, honestly, the the that Power Rangers short film, mm-hmm. awesome. By which the way. I don't know if your audience, do you want to just kind of explain what it was? Because I'm so sick of talking about it. Yeah, sure. Because yeah, um, so, you, you've seen it. I did. Clearly, yeah, I did. you said awesome. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> um, so it's pretty much a a short film that was directed by Joseph Kahn, which also did Bodied, right? And it was uh, written by Joseph Kahn yep. as well as James Vanderbeek. And he ends up playing, uh, I believe it was Rocky in the short film as well. And um, it is a very gritty and very bleak take on the Power Rangers um, like uh, story. And it's pretty much what happens after they kind of have lost the battle against uh, Rita. Mm. And um, and it's it's kind of like they're they're disassembled. There's like a fallout that's not really shown, but it, you learn through the dialogue that they have been disbanded. And uh, Kimberly is in the hot seat and is um, captured. And may, may the it's it's brilliant how like the narrative of the of the short film is uh, is being shown through this back and forth between Rocky and Kimberly. And uh, it, I gotta say, it was I really enjoyed this short film. Um, I like the action as well. I like the little homages to all the characters and like what happened to them. And there's even if you haven't seen, I won't say the, the twist, but there is something that happens that is pretty uh i thought it was pretty great at the end um but yeah so that's that's the power ranger short film uh short film in a nutshell uh i think that you did a pretty good job um it was how i saw the show when i was seven mm-hmm. right? cool. it was yeah. um because I, I thought it was awesome until i kind of started realizing that well they're kids you know, well they're kids yeah, yeah. exactly they're, they're kids these are like high school kids being which is recruited. all anime too <laughs> Yeah, um, but it's high school kids being recruited to fight this intergalactic war yep. uh, by a guy in a tube, which is obviously <laughs> weird. Um, but but they really don't have like a stake in this in this in this dogfight, right? But uh, but they're being weaponized, right? Because mm-hmm. and why why is it going to children? Like why are these weapons going to children, not uh, not like adults? Adults, yeah. Um, and then you know, extrapolated from there, like, well, what would their lives turn out like? You know, because they're not really able to. You're gonna have PTSD at this point, right? Oh yeah. So, so it was really a story about PTSD, um, and uh, and the aftermath of kind of this fighting this war after after the war's over, right? Right? Because these kids now they've been conditioned to fight a war, and then at some point the war's gonna end. So, in, in this short film, there was a uh, in season in the later seasons of of the Mighty Morphin uh, edition of Power Rangers, there was a um there was a faction that emerged called the machine empire. So the idea here was the machine empire and the earth made, and the humans made this alliance, which kind of rendered, uh, the power rangers useless mm. a week after that, literally, literally a week after that, I, I dropped a James Bond short film, which mm-hmm. was uh, examining PTSD from another angle. Right. So it was, um, really taking this idea that in the same way that the Power Rangers was weaponizing kids mm-hmm. against this alien empire, um, we as a society also glorify because when we're glorifying it, obviously there's like children's show about it and merchandise. Yes. Uh, you also take the character of James Bond, um, and it's kind of two sides of the same coin, right? Mm-hmm. Because James Bond is a super agent. Like- well, he's a super agent with a license to kill, yeah. right? 
so he's basically a serial killer mm-hmm. who's been sanctioned by the government, right? It's okay that's to kill. that's yeah. right, and that's 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 a prevalent theme um, throughout uh, a lot of like spy espionage stuff. But for whatever reason, James Bond is not examined through that same lens, right? What happens when James Bond is much older and the license to kill gets revoked, right? And his whole ideology is built around this, uh, around around intense nationalism, and we now live in this era where you can argue like borders aren't what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this was uh, made in 2015, so it was. Uh, so we used uh, kind of a model of Sean Connery's face, aged up to what he looks like today, and he's kind of searching for purpose in a world where the war's over, the fight's over. But his longing for the fight, the mm-hmm. bloodlust, is has not ended. Ooh, right. That's, so, yeah. Um, um, yeah, all this kind of led to to uh, to Netflix just hitting me up. And can we talk about that? Like when you got that, I believe you. Uh, I the video I saw online, I believe it was through Twitter that they hit yeah. you up. <laughs> and like, what was going through your mind when when you saw that message? Uh, I was getting ready to leave Hollywood, so I'd literally oh, like okay. you know I had a I had a production company mm-hmm. at this point, right? Um, or I had a production company. Did I say I had, yeah, I had a production company? So, uh, which I shut down. Mm-hmm. I shut that down, and that mm-hmm. was that was how the killing them softly and the great, all that other stuff came out through this production company, which okay. I, which I shut down because I wanted nothing to do with Hollywood because it felt really sketchy to me. The whole industry as i as i, I started I <laughs> yeah. as I started kind of getting more and more access at the at the quote unquote the upper echelons of it and i felt like i was climbing this ladder i realized that this ladder was just imaginary yeah and um is there a specific point in time where you realize that and can you share that point in time with us where you just i think it was a slow it was like a slow um it was kind of like a slow um climb yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a slow climb for me. That was the weird thing. It's almost like I showed up and then instantly I was just like propelled into right, it, right? Yeah, and I was like kind of thrust into it, and I didn't really know how to process it, right? Right. And uh, there really that, that demystification of Hollywood hadn't really started yet. It, it started a little bit after I got there, mm-hmm. but but I but I I remember um, just being invited to events uh, when I was like twenty three, twenty four, and twenty five. And I'd be like in these rooms and I would just kind of scan the room. And the only thing everyone in this room had in common was they had headlined a movie where their name was above the title in the last two, three years. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling out of place. Uh, I remember being like, having like imposter syndrome, being like, whoa, why am I even here? Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff was fine. That stuff was cool. Right? I, I just started to realize there was a dark side to all of this. There was a, you know, there was a, without, without naming names, without getting into, without getting into specifics, because I don't want to throw uh, anybody under the bus. Right, of course. Um, but a lot of the individuals that I may want to throw under the bus have already been <laughs> publicly outed. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I felt like there was this inauthenticity, right, where, where uh, this image was being sold. To, right. to the world, mm-hmm. right? Tinseltown, everyone's happy, you know, yeah. like this this whole thing. And uh, and then I started just showing up to these red carpet events. Like I remember ending up on, uh, I started showing up to these red carpet events with, with face paint on. Because I felt like that was more authentic. I was like, I'm actually like, you know, I'm playing a character here. <laughs> you guys are too. But it's like, you're pretending that you're, you know, smiling for the camera, but that's just yeah. not... You know, that's just not true. Right. And at the same time, I also saw the tsunami coming of, of the internet. Mm-hmm. Globalization. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Hollywood was special because it had these three things at that point in time. Uh, and it, uh, these three uh, essential elements that for decades, for decades, um, this town owned. Right? It was the distribution. Right? So the, the major studios operated effectively like drug cartels. If you made a product outside of their machinery no one in the world could see it right right if it didn't go uh, through yeah, warner yeah. brothers yeah. sony universal disney fox paramount oh yeah right mm-hmm. like there was no like it wasn't legitimate 
They're in the sense because they're and yeah. then the publications and the you know the the talk shows and this entire industry and the sub industries were all created because of that. So they controlled the distribution, right? Mm-hmm. And then two, the distribution um, part of it was like the promotion, right? Mm-hmm. So it was selling the public on the idea of these larger than life movie stars mm-hmm. that that we all had to not we all had to, but that 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 society had to kind of revere and follow, right? Right, and so so. The studios were in bed with the publications who were pushing different people every month in order to push a product, which was a film or a TV show. And, um, and you know, th- there wasn't the star system like it existed in the 1950s where, where literally studios controlled actors in these longstanding contracts. But we had a variation of that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think... When we talk about the '90s and the and the 2000s, the actors just had more power, right? So like Will Smith and Tom Cruise and Matt Damon and DiCaprio, like they were they were they had the ability to kind of pick what they were doing next. But um, there was still this star system, and the studio still kind of controlled these these stars. And the third thing was technology. We can't discount the technology aspect of it, right? Because Hollywood had the access to the best technology. Period. For years, if you made a product outside of this ecosystem, it just wouldn't look like the real thing, right. period. Um, over the last 10 years, all of that went away. It's literally eroded before our eyes. Mm-hmm. It's literally eroded before our eyes. Um, and I felt that change coming because I was a byproduct of the internet myself. Mm. Just having like kind of grown up internationally, right. right? Not being from North America, but having like learned so much about global culture because of the internet. Um, <coughs> at that point in time, it felt more real to me than hmm. than kind of these um, Happy Meals. It felt like it mm-hmm. felt like McDonald's. It felt like working at McDonald's making Happy Meals mm-hmm. and selling this fantasy lifestyle of like. Um, Ronald McDonald and the hamburger and Grimace and you know like this happy family when really like you're selling kids like before the calories came yeah. right exactly yeah. right. <laughs> and it's the same yeah. and it's really the same thing it's yeah really the same thing so that that same uh, and that same things happened to 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 Hollywood right like I mean if you look at um, movies just from a couple of years ago now all of a sudden they feel super dated they feel incredibly dated um, because. There wasn't a whole lot of nuance. They were going for this four quadrant thing. And by four quadrant, I mean, uh, it was like an industry term where mm-hmm. uh, you're trying to get everybody. Right. You make a film that's so broad that um, that uh, uh, men will see it. Women will see it. Kids will see kids it. Kids will see it. Yeah. The whole family can go. Right. So you're right. basically not selling one ticket. You're selling to the whole family. And checking all the boxes along right. the way. Yeah. And then there's like concessions and stuff like that. So the four quadrant thing was driving theater traffic, right? Mm-hmm. But what the internet effectively has done is it's created uh, niche markets and specific markets. Right. So now all of a sudden, like, uh, it's just really, really, really specific. Right. And specificity has made it so that these four-quadrant movies feel kind of corny and cheesy and contrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we can even look at something like Infinity War, and say, well, isn't that a four quadrant movie? Not really, not at all. It, it's it's made for the hardcore fanboy audience mm-hmm. who's seen the twenty movies, right. That have come before it, or absolutely, yeah. Um, and I would argue it's not a four quadrant movie at all. In fact, uh, I think Marvel's like most recent success has been derived from the fact that um, it, it's that studio has embraced this idea of like these niche subcultures. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, like Thor Ragnarok, um, Spider-Man Homecoming, Black Panther and Infinity War, they feel like, you know, obviously set in the same fictional cinematic universe, Mm -hmm. but they feel very specific. Mm. They're catering to a very specific demo. Yes. Right. And there's now, there's cross-pollination. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, ecosystems are cross-pollinating. Absolutely. That's happening. Right. Um, and that goes to show the strength of the films the strength of the of the narrative behind it but they do create these groundswell supports starting f- uh, the, 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 they do create groundswell support starting from um, a base demographic okay 
Yeah, and for Marvel, I guess it was established back when it was like, well, also with comics, but I guess with uh, the first Iron Man, it was like it was the start of that. You know, the 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 foundation of what was eventually be leading up to infinity war so uh, so let me get this correct so my understanding is that so before hollywood was doing this whole trying to check all the boxes right trying to appeal to everyone with their uh, with their films but once the internet came around it showed the value of the niche art the niche audiences and it didn't show the value of it i'm saying society has been fundamentally changed okay right like society has been fundamentally changed because of the ripple effects of the internet because um, we all exist now in these little subcultures, subcommunities, mm-hmm. right? Um, look, look at the rise of sneaker culture. Oh, yeah. perfect example of this, <laughs> right? Crazy. Would that have been a thing ten years ago? Look at the look at the rise of vinyl toy culture, mm-hmm. right? Um, we, we used to have broad product categories. Now it's very, very, very specific, mm-hmm. and the more specific an audience is, the better, the stronger it is. And um, and it makes sense to want to go after a you know as if if you're into that kind of thing right so if you're not a creative person and you're purely like a bean counter type and I'm saying that kind of jokingly like yeah I'm, I'm not good. dissing the bean counters they're they're, <laughs> they're good people too um, if you're bottom line oriented right if your whole uh, your whole like uh, existence within like a studio or whatever is to is to is to increase the bottom line Mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense you're gonna say all right well you know uh adam sandler movies do x amount and they consistently do x amount uh action movies you know do y and and you build a slate like that right and then you look at that's why movies were so repetitive Mm -hmm. right like you knew for instance like if you put jason statham in an action movie in the U.S., it would make between 19 and $28 million in the U.S. box office. And you knew that all your foreign territories, the biggest ones being uh, uh, Russia, France, Italy, and the U.K., and Australia, would, would sell out immediately. So the, what I'm saying is there's an algorithm around it, right? right. There was like a mathematical formula um, where the movie industry would look at comps. You know, if you go to uh, boxofficemojo.com, they even do that, right? They, they'll, 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 they'll say, okay. And you, you realize, like, oh, wow, there's actual patterns to how these kind of things do, right? Uh, disaster movies make X amount. Horror movies make Y amount, right? Mm-hmm. But then again, the viral marketing, the internet, just kind of flipped that on its head. Um, so, and that's two different things, right? So this is, this is actual viral marketing, mm-hmm. which is one thing. And then there's also the rise of niche cultures, which then became become dominant cultures mm-hmm. because once a niche becomes so strong, it becomes so loud, it becomes so vocal. All of a sudden, now it's uh, it's this juggernaut. Case in point being hip hop. Okay. How do you feel Netflix has changed that? Because like Netflix is so broad and so incredibly specific. And that one, regardless of marketing, is almost more spread via, oh my gosh, have you seen this show? You have to watch this show. And you're telling all your friends and you're telling them maybe via social media, which is a whole different other kind of advertising with the hashtags of like, I watch this show. You should watch it. Or um, I don't know if you guys do this. And we do have live people watching. So hello to them, by the way. And if you're watching it later, please comment down below. I want to know. I've definitely done it where if I watch something and I don't have someone directly to talk about it, I'll go to Twitter and like look Mm -hmm. up the hashtag and be like, what did other people think of this show, this movie? Because I don't have anybody else to talk to about it. Mm -hmm. So, Adi, how would you feel uh, or how do you feel the Internet in that way and Netflix has changed the like consumption of product or even how it's changed the Hollywood model because you know Netflix it's not the same like you can't count the ticket sales so on a, on just a macro level Netflix uh, capitalized on everything I just mm-hmm. went on about right okay. they were yeah. capitalizing on it so it wasn't necessarily changing it they were capitalizing on it. these were trends you know no different to uh, you have the uh, all-American diner, and there's all these all-American diners, and they have burgers, pizzas, ice cream, yeah. hot, dog. uh, hot dogs, everything. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, 
Pizza Hut opens across the street. And now there's like not just one pizza, but there's like all these different types of pizza and they're stealing all the pizzas, pizza customers. Right. And then uh, McDonald's opens next door to the Pizza Hut. Next, you know, all the burger people are going to, you know, have McDonald's. And then all of a sudden a high end burger place opens. And then all of a sudden a high end pizza place opens. And then all of a sudden basket. So and that's the theory. That's the theory of divergence, that things just get more and more complicated and people want more and more options as Mm -hmm. time goes on. Right. And there's less, and, and things get more and more specific. So Netflix really just capitalized on that entire trend, and they were able to do it because ultimately they are they are an internet based tech company. Yeah. Whereas the studios were in a completely different business, and it just so happened that those two businesses intersected, right? So no different than um, you know the railroads. And uh, planes, two different industries, sort of. But then they're both in the transportation business, and there's a certain point where they started competing with one another. Mm. And that's why there's no more railroads. <laughs> no, you still can. It depends. It's a very you Not choose yet. it for a different experience. Flying right. car right. or train, you pick it for a different. It's in a different people Amazon, like Hulu. Exactly. Yeah. Um, struck. For oh, your involvement with filmmaking. But, is it um, any different working in like a Netflix-based show? But um, but to answer your earlier oh. question, what was your earlier question? There was that was like part one of my answer. Uh, Netflix. You're asking about Netflix. Um, you're asking how Netflix has shifted it, right? Um, but you look at let's look at uh, Netflix's like most popular content, like the most the, the stuff that does like super well, right? Probably what Daredevil, I guess. Um. Orange is the New Black. Oh, like that they do, kind of like the, as in produce really well, or like it's viewed very well? As in dr- makes a dent in the culture. Got it. Right? Stranger Things, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's stuff that makes a dent in the culture. Right. It's stuff that um, other places weren't able to make. Mm-hmm. Right? Because as much as... Uh, um, the movie studios were a cartel. You still had like Sundance and the film festivals, mm-hmm. and you still had like the ability for like a Little Miss Sunshine to come out and just become a, become a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. You still had the ability for a Juno to come out and become a juggernaut. A Hurt Locker, these independently yeah. produced movies, uh, uh, and that was that was a thing. You know, um, like The Expendables is complete. It's like an independent film. Um, the TV people were like a really hardcore cartel. You know what I mean? And uh, to, to the point where even like a CBS show, like all CBS shows had a certain look. Yeah. yeah. NBC shows had a certain look and a tone and a vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was all fine and good. And you understand, and I, and I understand historically why that was done because it create brand consistency. Mm-hmm. Someone's on the channel. Uh, it, it shouldn't go from like, friends to friday the 13th like that you know yeah. uh, that that's just a bad move um but i think the internet made it it just changed things it just completely changed things and again this is another example where netflix was able to capitalize on it right like for sure stranger things in orange is the new black uh and house of cards i mean they really wouldn't be made by the same network under the uh, under the auspices of, like, all our content needs to be similar and have, like, a through line, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is nice product because we could all have the one source, and then you can ask people of, like, oh, my gosh, did you see this one yet? And you could have such varied opinions on the product and it not be a problem in terms Absolutely. of it jumping around. Absolutely. And where it's all heading is is really crazy because – you know, ultimately, it's all data-driven now, right? So um, we're now being kind of fragmented into these little product niches. So if, like, you're a sneaker person, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, then chances are you go to Complex.com and Hypebeast. So now all your social media stuff's, like, pushing the Complex narrative, the Hypebeast narrative, then you theoretically like vinyl toys then there's theoretically certain movies that will kind of appeal to you right right which 
which sounds nefarious and evil, but it's not really, right? I think a big problem that the movie industry has had in general and the reason movies had to focus on four-quadrant family audiences was it was really expensive to match a – and it's always been very expensive to match a potential customer with the product they'll like. With the, so, so match a potential viewer with mm-hmm. the movie they'll like. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Well, it's even like Netflix saying rating it for you, and now you can't even do the five stars, just thumb up, thumb down, which sucks mm. because there's too many movies. I'm like, I feel neither of these. Um, actually, kind of, kind of reining that back in of shows like Castlevania are kind of this broad in terms of its anime esque style, but it's English, and then it's also fantasy olden days but they say the f word so it's a little kind of compilation of all these different things that work together um is that something that appealed to you when you wanted to work on castlevania or was there anything that drew you to that project that you were like that i want to be involved with it i don't understand the question um how did you get involved we'll go broad how did you get involved with castlevania because bringing it back to that and horror and um, right. And then, um, but was in kind of building upon everything we've talked about, is the appeal of is there an appeal to working on a Netflix show versus a regular show? And then now with season two, you have eight episodes versus the only the three from season four, one. Four. I'm four. Reading, four. I'm reading these comments by the way; they're like really interesting. Can I can I yeah. see some? Of yeah. Oh, yeah, you had a lot of shout outs from uh, Sky Patterson. People the, want a sequel a to the, the Power show. Rangers short, and a couple people speak of sharing information. People are talking about Haunting of Hill House. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. which is so good. Also, I, good. I, I, Katsuya yeah. 1992. Anything said, out to you? Yeah, he goes. Sorry, what did he say? Uh, well, it was one towards the top of the show. Um, she goes, "Hi guys, Adi, you did an amazing job on Castlevania!" Exclamation point. And yeah, a lot no, of fans uh, of the Power Ranger short film yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, no, Castlevania was uh, very much a team effort. Very much a team effort. Um, I guess um, to answer your question, uh, it just kind of uh, after Netflix kind of reached out to me mm-hmm. via, right. via Twitter, I, I, I which just kind of went incredible. into this meeting. <laughs> yeah. um, and you asked me what was going through my head, and it was really like just kind of the paradigm shift that I was waiting for hadn't really happened yet, so it was in this kind of, like, in-between like period. Limbo, it was like this weird limbo period, yeah, yeah like mm. where, where um, you know, that uh, that Power Ranger short had come out and made a dent in the culture. Right, and this was because you saw it coming, you were just waiting for it? I wouldn't say I saw it coming as much as I felt it coming. Oh, okay. So it's something inside you that you... Oh, that's interesting. Because I try to just be as authentic as possible. Of course. All yeah. the time, right? Um, and then the moment I feel things are inauthentic, they're not playing to what you're about in a sense or like, sure. Or, or what the, what the, I mean, it's very simple. Kids just, young people didn't seem to care about movies anymore. Mm -hmm. That was one. And two, uh, technology was, um, and I knew this, right. I knew like at some point everyone on the planet would have access to everything ever made on their phone. Yeah. Right? So when that happened, effectively, I knew what would be eventually happening was the past would start competing with the present. Okay. Huh. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So all of a sudden, someone's entire cattle... So someone is not competing against the other movies that are coming out that weekend. A musician isn't competing against the other two artists that are dropping albums and music videos that weekend or that week, now all of a sudden people were competing against everyone ever as well as their own catalog. Oh, okay. I think I get what you're saying now. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, like um, since everything is available to them at their fingertips, it doesn't matter what's coming out this weekend because I have everything that's from the past, like in that, at least in that music if, industry. Exactly. If, that exactly. Yeah. Right. So if Stallone has a movie coming out right. this weekend, right? And I'd rather go see the, Rocky. Right, right. Yeah. but you have access to his entire everything he's ever done before. So right. then he's competing against not just the five other things or four other things that are coming out this weekend. He's competing against Rocky, yeah. against uh, Rambo, against gotcha. First Blood, against his entire catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt that would create a fundamental like kind of shift in 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 how we viewed this stuff, and. Um, 
but um, but yeah, so I just you know went into this fateful meeting um, with Netflix, and they were like, well, you know, what do you want to do? And uh, I just at Castlevania, but as an anime, and the reason as an anime was because uh, I am not from here. I grew up in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. right? So um, on television, there would be uh, there would just be anime on TV all the time. Shows like. Uh, you know, and and again for all ages, right? And I and I was was accustomed to this concept, this this idea that um, animation exists across multiple genres. It's not just comedy, and it's not just for children, and it's you know not just and it's not second fiddle to 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 live action. Well, speaking of being broad and super specific, right? Anime is everything, and then the most specific thing you could ever think of. Right, just like there's a lot of sports, there's and therefore sports when you say, "Well, no, no," I'm just saying sports <laughs> in general. Like yeah, there's yeah. a lot of sports. So if I say, "Hey, I want to grow up and play sports," that doesn't mean anything. Right. Right. That's just like basketball, football, badminton, tennis. There's kind of like this wonderful array of, of things just like just like anime just like live action mm-hmm. like just like all these kinds of content and that that's uh and that uh that kind of spawned uh the show now uh it was very important to both me and kevin kevin comes my partner on the show it was very important to both of us that uh the show was done in that uh um 2d hand-drawn style you know, that is a throwback to the to the OVAs from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big reference for the show for, for Castlevania was Ninja Scroll. Another yeah. one was Vampire Hunter D. Nice. Right, so, which Frank and Steve is also a very huge yeah, fan of all so, that. So, um, yeah. you know, it was and it was tough because um, it's not easy to do this style. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, most most stuff in this world has, has shifted over into CGI. Even even the two D stuff is shifted into CGI, and I felt like the expressions on the you know it, it it's CGI is a hard time conveying emotion yep. if it's not cute. Mm-hmm. Or it's that uncanny valley where it looks not quite right. Right. Um, so um, I'm reading these comments. <laughs> a lot of people want to dread too. Oh yeah, or people are talking about dread. show via Netflix. Um, I like this Sky Patterson dude. He's just, just, just. He tunes in every week. Every, yeah. yeah, does he really? And yeah. he always so, gives off like amazing ideas yeah. as well. I think that film studios should let certain filmmakers do their own thing. On put them on film projects with budgets of thirty to one forty million dollars. Let them be creative and find their own voice. Um, that is a great point. Um, now I'm going to address that for a second. Okay. Another advantage Netflix has is, you know, there's no limit to amount the amount of things that can be dropped in one day in one week. Right. Right? Uh, and that's an advantage the internet has mm-hmm. to help all intents and purposes, right? If you're a sneaker person, you're a hip-hop person, I'm a country music person, and you like uh, Hello Kitty. Yes, right. <laughs> you love Hello Kitty. You're like, I'm all about that Hello Kitty vibe. Yeah. Um, content can drop today that appeases all of us. Yeah. Right? Um, movie studios have um distribution slots and they're kind of a finite amount of distribution slots so yeah. so they have to like really pick their bets and that's why so much of that world has moved into like sequels prequels remakes franchises okay because it's already like the uh, the established crowd in a sense like the guarantee that you will pull in a certain amount at least um is that the the case in important? theory? Yeah. It, that's that's the theory. Now uh-huh. we've All, seen it not work right. a few yeah. times. Yeah. And time of year when they release them like that because it matters. Like we've had a there's a string of more Christmassy kind of movies, but they're right. coming out now and it feels yeah. too soon. Yeah. But yeah, Netflix you could do anything at any time, and then you can go back later. Or a show could have dropped and half of us could have watched it, and the other half never heard of it, and then you could just catch back up. Or who's had it where? Earlier, you were saying um, 
you know, people aren't watching movies the same way. Because you could sit down and go, oh, I don't want to watch a two-hour movie. That's so long. But then you'll binge, like, five-plus hours of a TV show and look at your watch and be like, oh, wow, I've been here so much longer. It's just, like, a different mentality. Like, yes, next episode. Because it's all at your fingertips. It's that, like, instant gratification. Just a different change of model. Yeah. I don't – and to be, to, be, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you guys, I, I don't watch a lot of content. I don't, like, watch a lot of stuff. Sure. I kind of uh, stopped. Mm. Because I ran out of time. Um, <laughs> yes, that, yeah, that, that was... so that that happened. Um, that that happened. Um, but yeah, did I answer your question on Castlevania? Because I because I feel like yeah. it was a a kind of broad question, but kind of a specific question, and you know that uh, that uh, yeah. How do you feel, or what what changed from season one to season two that you were able to do more of, or? Like you finish season one and you go, you get season two and you're like, awesome. What changes were you thinking? Okay, we need to do this differently, or I wish I could have done this in season one and I can do it now. Uh, were there any thoughts of that kind of process going into season two? No, I mean we we, we went and we we go into all of this with a plan, and that's that's the most important thing, right? And that's good. And um, and again, we have a such a wonderful team, right? We've got Warren Ellis, who is yeah. you know one of the most revered comic book writers ever um and i would argue one of the most revered comic uh, sorry one of the most revered writers ever period right Mm -hmm. um in any medium uh and he writes all of our episodes um the guys that were a powerhouse in in austin texas right they're the animation studio now um this look this vibe this tone this uh uh, hail mary of wanting to do this 2d hand-drawn throwback style Mm -hmm would not have been possible without powerhouse animation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and on top of that powerhouse animation also like fosters and cultivates, uh, talent. Uh, so our director, Sam Dietz, right. They, they, um, what's the word? Not groomed, but, uh, you know, he was part of their ecosystem mm-hmm. and he kind of like came up through that, that, that thing, which is, um, kind of what, you know, Pixar did. Like with, you know, building, yeah. building their own in-house talent. So, yeah. Um, you know, we've got, I'm um, loving these comments. I was going to say, you want to shout some people yeah. out? <laughs> I'm sure they'll love it. Yeah, well, we're, we are, unfortunately, at the end of time. So, yeah, if you want to give a shout out to some of the people nah. in the chat, thank you so much for tuning in live. And no worries well, uh, if you're watching uh, it later, uh, comment down below. Fishman Dildo over there. <laughs> yeah. Philly, Philly Prince. Him. Philly Prince. Um, that was the, you know, great comments, great comments. Uh, sweaty Spidey. That's great. <laughs> these names are um, awesome. Uh, yeah, Wildstorm. Wallstrom Worst got a got a shout out, which is great. Uh, and Dick Peters, you have to think five years ahead, which is absolutely true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so unfortunately, we're out of time. However, we're going to talk more on the anime after show because then we'll get more specifically into the show because then we'll be recapping it. So hope you've enjoyed what we've talked about during this program, and then we'll go more in depth for that. Um, thank you so much for coming in, Audie, and like. Breaking down and expanding upon the cosmos of the industry. And uh, it's been really interesting to hear your input on the process, how it's changed, and just your personal experiences with it. Um, and also, if you'd like to, um, yep. I know you have a film that's in theaters right now called yeah, Bodied. Yeah, Bodied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Produced it with Eminem. Uh, we nice. teamed up on this awesome film. Uh, it's been a crazy two weeks, right? Castlevania mm-hmm. season two has like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Which yeah, freaking nice. rightly so, crazy. rightly so. Uh, uh, the reviews have just been stellar, and then I walked right into Bodied coming out in theaters uh, on Friday uh, in limited release. So it's uh, Neon, who's the same distributor who did Itania. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put it out in theaters uh, in in a limited amount of cities, but it's been sold out. All the screens have been sold out, and oh, then it will. And wow. uh, November twenty eighth, it'll end up on YouTube Premium. Okay, uh, it's a it's a Exclusively, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And cool. it's uh, it's about uh, it's about the world of underground underground battle rap, and it's also a dissection on political political correctness. Cool. Oh. Yeah, we oh, talked so. about that on Box Office Breakdown yesterday, and one of our co-hosts, Amy, saw it and really enjoyed it, so gave it a shout out as well. So Amazing. I was like, oh, nice. I didn't realize all connected. Right. Um, well, again, thank you. Let's same give... dude. Same dude. Nice. Yes. And, uh, Same dude. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you can tell people, like, yeah, where, where they can, can they find you? Find you on social media and everything. Well, I just started an Instagram, Ooh. which I which I really like. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. I really like this Instagram thing. Yeah. It's very versatile <laughs> as to what it's got to offer, I got to yes. say. Well, I like that uh, it feels a little more like of a portfolio than, yeah. say, the mm-hmm. – uh, like because I have a Facebook page yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and a Twitter. I don't use my Twitter at all. Who uses it? I, there I, is one. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, it's I, there. I, I'm saying I have it. I have access to it. I just don't use it. Gotcha. Cause, so cause, Instagram uh, would be the better place to follow you. Yes. Uh, Unless you want to say something uh, offensive to me, then then tweet at me. Yes. <laughs> then tweet that's at that's me because I will totally Adi, check it. Adi Shankar brand, right? Oh. No, it's actually at Bootleg Universe. Oh, okay. There's the Instagram. The Instagram's at Bootleg Universe. Yes. Yeah. And then the Twitter I thought was Adi Shankar brand, but yeah, might but, be bootleg. but you don't. But on, but only follow me on Twitter if you're trying to troll me. Right. Exactly. Okay, cool. But definitely that's, follow that's me where on the troll Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Because I <laughs> direct them never, that way. Yeah, never check it. Yeah. Right on. Well, again, thank you for coming in, and uh, let's go down the line. Where can people find you? Hey, Say, guys. Ollie. Ollie Drennan here. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Ollie Dreamer. Um, right on. Uh, hello. my. I'm usually the one going last, so I'm <laughs> like... Yeah, right on. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Anthony Becerra. You can find me everywhere at TonyBTony underscore. Just keep in mind, next week, everybody, we'll be back to our regular show standard. We're actually going to be doing two reviews back to back. Yes, that is correct. Overlord and Suspiria. Oh, so, if you have not yet seen homework. those films, yes, if you <laughs> not have yet seen those films, definitely go check them out in theaters. Um, and also, as well, thank you so much again, Adi, for coming and joining us on the show. I really enjoyed Castlevania. It's definitely a animated feats and i really enjoyed it as well as frank and steve really enjoyed it as well thank you all for joining us today yes <laughs> and um my name is carrie lane you can find me online at carrie d lane that's k-a-r-i-d-l-a-n-e and then tune in uh after this we have after buzz anime reviews where we're going to break down the whole season of castlevania season two and then just pick it apart talk about it and then we'll let you know maybe what anime we'll be covering next which ollie's on and then our um, engineer you're yes. engineering it as well so uh thank you so much for tuning in make sure to follow us also on twitter and instagram at horror news ptn and we'll see you all next week peace out everybody until next week from producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com i'm sir richard wentworth and this has been a presentation of the popcorn talk network The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.